And we are back in the FN universe. One hour of Black Power thinking. Back with my co-host, Dr. Moore. Welcome back, brother. Peace to God. I wanted to illustrate the confusion um, with politics and the train of thought of Black people and let them know that it wasn't as simple as we need to do this and we need to do that. It's very complex, and the history of it is very complex, even to where we switch tracks from um, majority party, political party, and so many things had taken place. But one thing that can explain the whole era right after Civil War and Reconstruction was this Gilded Age. Because what happened before, right after the Civil War, was Reconstruction. And there was a compromise that took place again. There were several compromises that took place, like the Three-Fifths Compromise, the Great Compromise, but there was a specific compromise that took place right after the Civil War um, that Lincoln, our great emancipator, even uh, was involved in. And that those compromises was we were going to give the South a reprieve for all of the killing that had taken place no one would be prosecuted and we would let the South do their own reconstruction which brought about the Ku Klux Klan and the way that they were going to reconstruct the South. It was an, uh, um, an apologetic mm, what's the word? Apologetic um, way of forgiving the South and making the, re- the Union, all of these states as a Union whole again. Um, it's no slight on anybody. It's no disproves this, disproves that. It is just the history of what happened. Okay. <clears throat> you, you want me to interject now? Yes, sir. All right. So I think what you're, what you're talking about was, um, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, um, but I, I agree with a injection, right? And my injection is that <clears throat> what Abraham Lincoln was attempting to do, Abraham Lincoln never cared about um, equal citizenship in terms of black people and white people. He believed that white people were superior to black people, and he didn't believe that citizenship um, was, was equal as related to black people and white people. So, but what he did with the South and what became powerful for the South is he gave them what was called states' rights. And the, and in and, and states' rights, that's what allowed them to do what they were able to do. And, and what I mean by that is 
in 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 states' rights, you didn't necessarily have to conform to federal law. Yes, sir. So and so, like, what what ended up happening is, um, if you were a state like South Carolina or Alabama or Georgia or in those those um, southern states, they uh, initially. After the Emancipation Proclamation, they went in and they sent the National Guard and, and you know and police and all that stuff to integrate schools and all that you know all that stuff. But then they 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 moved they removed those guards, hmm. right? And when they removed those guards, they basically gave the states rights to say, well, you all have the right to be segregated if you want to be segregated. So if you want to say <clears throat> because what what ended up happening was you had things like um, Plessy versus uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, Brown versus Board of Education. I, I think they were almost uh, I, I want to say almost like a hundred years apart. Um, Plessy versus Ferguson had everything to do with the um, the railroads and equal rights in terms of the, the railroads, but prior to that, you had um, um, what's the brother's name? Um, uh, I forget the brother's name. Oh, in this case, name. But anyway, um, prior Dred to Scott. the Dred Scott case that took place before Plessy versus Ferguson, and in the Dred Scott case, you know he was a guy that was uh, his uh, slave master had freed him, and so he was a free person, and then he went to court for his freedom. And then uh, the Constitution or the Supreme Court, Supreme Court justice determined that, well, you are a Negro, and in terms of the Fourteenth Amendment, you know, you don't have rights that white folks should respect or regard. So you still, you know, you still considered a slave. We don't respect you as a as a citizen. Then you had Plessy versus Ferguson, a couple, maybe like a hundred years later, that. Talked about um, separate but equal, and they agreed. Yeah, well, you all we we can be separate, you know, but equal, and you all can have, you know, your own facility, and we can have ours. But then what it proved was separate but equal wasn't equal, right? So then we had Brown versus Board of Education, that was arguing separate um, versus equal is not equal, right? And so then they was like, okay, so. Brown versus Board of Education, now we have integration. So now there's no more separate. We are going to share the same facilities with, you know, white folks and everybody else. You know, boom. So, again, but with states, with, I think kind of what you were talking about, um, it, it went back into states' rights because with states' rights, is even in certain states, they were saying, well, when you come down south, hmm. when you come to Louisiana, when you come to Georgia, hmm. you know, that's what's happening in New York. It ain't happening in Georgia. Hmm. It ain't and happening in Florida. That's what I mean by that separation of mind, of black minds. Even to this day, when we go back down south, we like, why do y'all allow... <laughs> we see it, it's... For lack of a better term, for like y'all niggas is slow down here. 
Well, it's it's it's, it's not necessarily the rights. It's, the rights that um we take for granted up here in the north are still like yo. You better ask Mister Charlie before you do that down here. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And that goes yeah. into 2021. Yeah, yeah. Like we yeah. need permission to do. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's and and you know what? And unfortunately, that's what happened with Emmett Till. Because what happened right. was, was was he was a kid from Chicago hmm. going down south. And he was like, y'all niggas are slow. Hmm. What? Man, you know, white girls in Chicago, right. you know, like like black girls in Chicago. Hmm. I mean, you know, and, and so what happened was his mentality down south ended up causing him his life. Hmm. Because the white men in, you know, uh, what was that, Mississippi, at at and and the mentality, you know, of white men and black people was they the, even the black kids were like, whoa, man, you can't do that down here. Hmm. And he was just, I mean, that's he was doing what he all all of what he knew how to do, hmm. and all of what his little life had shown him, hmm. and it it caused him his life down there. And so going into what you are um, alluding to or talking about is understanding the different dynamics depending on where you are in this country. Right. Because... And and it's not as simple as a right or wrong. Right. In terms of political ideology or economic ideology. Or or just getting on the... Why why, why we don't have unity in the black community. There you go. It's very common. There you go. There you go. And why we're not all on the same page. Because hmm. depending on where you are in this country has a lot to do with where your mentality might be. Hmm. And I bring up the slaughterhouse cases resolved by the U.S. Supreme Court in 1873 ruled that a citizen's privilege and immunities as protected by the Constitution's 14th Amendment against the states were limited to those spelled out in the Constitution and not included in many rights given to individual states. So what that meant was that even though the Constitution protected your rights during emancipation, this is after the Civil War, that the Southern states can still control the lives of Black people. And well, so we were emancipated, and yet still mistreated. Yeah. Again, so again, it went back to states' rights. Hmm. So even though the government, or even though that that amendment and all that stuff was in place, there were other laws, and there were other court cases that came into place that said, "Well, yeah, that's the that's the case, you know, there." Right. But that here, right. right. But here in this state. That right. shit don't apply. And 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 I could tell you and I could tell you and you can agree because you know if you leave New York City hmm. and if I leave Washington DC hmm. and we go to South Carolina, hmm. we need to handle ourselves accordingly. Right. Because we know that we, to we this go to, day. to this day. You we can go to South Carolina, you know. I don't care if we meet one another. Hmm. In between, if you come to DC and we ride to South Carolina together, we know that when we get to South Carolina, hey, hmm. 
that freedom that we, <laughs> that freedom that we have in DC and New York, you bring that shit down here, and and it might not even be white people that might check you, but the niggas down there might the check you. The niggas say, is going to is, check. Is, like, you well, can't let, do that down here. Like nigga, look, and these are some of the wildest craziest motherfucker you will ever most thoroughest niggas that you will ever meet in life down south but when it comes to Mr. Charlie they already know the law and what must be done and they don't fuck with him they will they will put some shit on your ass and and that's what a lot of New York niggas learned when they went down south well, mm-hmm. you get killed quick down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ain't even had to go down south. You just mm-hmm. go to Baltimore mm-hmm. and your ass would end up in a casket. Mm-hmm. And you thought you were bringing that slick shit yeah. to Baltimore. Yeah. I ain't even talking about down south. You, That's down south, though. In fact, all of the killers that that uh, uh, Bumpy Johnson and um, what was the other guy that, that um, turned state? Evidence. Um, the one uh, Denzel played in in um, American Gangster. Yeah, uh, I forget. Bumpy Johnson. Oh, that was Bumpy Johnson. All of the killers that he got, you know where he got them from? The South. Yep. Because these motherfuckers were used to just killing people or being killed. Mm-hmm. It was a violent place, and that's where you got your shooters from. Even to this day, there is nothing new under the sun. When these gangs up here, not the gangs, just before the gangs, when, when the crack era, when they needed shooters and killers, where did they get them from? We're going to import some niggas mm-hmm. that will take care of everything. Now, we got mm-hmm. thorough niggas right amongst us. But we can have people that will get on a Greyhound bus, kill for us, and go back to South Carolina and nobody knows what happened. One of the the biggest gangsters here in New York that came down to D.C., Alpo, he was treacherous because he knew how to recruit people from the South like that. He He knew how to get shooters. Not not people from the south, but if you're gonna name Alpo, <laughs> then you may as well make it accurate and and tell her who it was from DC, and that was Wayne Perry. Wayne Perry, <laughs> yes sir. Wayne Perry was a vicious dude in this Ooh, city. Who you telling? It was a vicious dude. Yep. But all of these dynamics have to intertwine, and eventually they're gonna get caught up. And that's how, when it comes to the uh, United States government, the federal government, how easy it is to make these things explosive. You know how, how volatile um, TNT is? You can't even light a cigarette around certain um, elements because they're that damn volatile. They'll, they'll blow up. And once you create a thing, you know how dangerous it is and how to set it off. And that's what I'm saying about the Gilded Age. This 1% of the population that was created during, before, even before George Washington 
had it in their minds once again after the Civil War, after shit died down between the states, the north it was the north and the southern states, this gilded um, population had a ball in New York City. It's called the um, the ball that um, set off the Gilded Age. Um, you can look it up when we're not on the air, but it was interesting what brought a new type of thinking that needed to be given to the black man. And we said that one of those persons that brought this new thought was a person like Master Farad Muhammad. And this is without any spookism or any assignment or attribute of being God. This is the mindset that people had to be broken out of because there were too many schools of thoughts for black thought. And when he came, he said, you got to put all of that aside because all of that is devilishment. All of that is something that needs to be not eradicated totally, but we need to understand that the power is within. So if I'm God, that means that you're even a greater God than me. The power within has to change your thinking. And that's what is celebrated every February 28th. Um, this time, 2021. And we were talking about the leadership. And before I get into the leadership, black leadership, I'll let you have a thought on anything that I said up until this point. Um, I don't know that I need to, but I, <laughs> <clears throat> um, I think what's powerful about... Um, Hearing, hearing you, hearing what you said, um, is is talking about a, a new person bringing knowledge, mm. right? And that new person bringing knowledge, and you were uh, referencing uh, Master Rob Muhammad or whoever that that person may be. Mm-hmm. But I, but but I think what's powerful is the fear Hmm. of understanding or accepting Hmm. that you as a black person is God. Hmm. It it is overwhelming to me. Even to this day. Even to this day. that, That we are fearful or that we are not accepting or whatever it is that we will not accept ourselves as, as gods. Mm. Whether we be male or female. Mm. But the thought or the audacity to think that we could be gods of this earth mm. is overwhelming to us. <laughs> but not only overwhelming to us, but it's punishment mm. and worthy of death and worthy of isolation from one another because you see yourself as a god mm. or a goddess. We must stop that type of thinking at all costs. 
and, 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 but I'm, I'm even just, black people think that that should be stopped at all costs. And, and but that's what I'm saying that the the, <laughs> the, the, the the powerfulness because people will isolate themselves from you hmm. because you think that way or have the nerve to think that hmm. much of yourself. <laughs> that you would think that you would be worthy of a gossip. You can't, now, you can't think now, like that over here, brother. <laughs> right, right, right. But 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 what but here but here's the thing, right? If you can't think that way about who you are, hmm. then what is the power in white folks that feel like they could build instit- institutions hmm. that feel like they could be pioneers? Hmm. That feel like they could build businesses hmm. from from the time that they're born. Hmm. They say, "I don't want to work for somebody," hmm. or that I am this, you know, or, or the feel like they could be leaders of this. I'm, it, it's just a self entitlement hmm. of them that their parents and the world has given them. But I'm 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 just going to share an experience with you, right? Yes, sir. Um, there's an experience where. I took my kids to the um, Wax Museum here in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Right. And as we were going through the Wax Museum, you saw every president, right, um, all the way down the line. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this was at the time that um, Barack was president. Right. But, but what I'm saying is you had to go through 40 plus president. 45. To get you 44 no, at the time. Right. He was 44. Right. But what I'm saying is we traveled through this maze of presidents <laughs> that were all white men. Hmm. And we were black, we were a black family traveling through this experience hmm. and reading the history of all of these white men. <laughs> and and all I all I kept thinking was. What if what if we were a white family? Hmm. And how great would we feel about the history of being white? Hmm. But as a black family, how did we feel as a history of being not included? Come on. Right? And so only until we got to this we were at the very end of the tunnel, the very the very end of the trail that there was Barack Obama. Hmm. We're, now, 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 I just want to think about this psychologically. If, if when I look back at that, it was almost traumatic. Hmm. It was almost trauma hmm. to look back at my life, or to look back at the lives of my life and my grandparents and my great grandparents, all of these people hmm. to have experienced nothing but white folks all of their lives, hmm. leading them and leading the country. And leading the, the direction of their lives, only with that we were fortunate that I was fortunate enough to be a parent that had kids that I could that I could show. He's a black president, mm-hmm. but but I'm 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 saying that to say that if you look again to put it put it all in perspective of generations and generations and generations. Where you could be a white child and grow up and feel like I could be president, right? That I I could have my own business, right? That I I could be great, I could be this, but to grow up and be a black child and to say, oh, that's too much for me to believe in. 
Right. That's too much for me to dream. Right. That that I'm thinking too much. Do you see the? I, or I'm that saying, you could be God. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, that's the ultimate. <laughs> but but the dichotomist and not only be president of the greatest nation on earth, but you can be God of the universe. And that God looks like you. Hmm. And we. You, 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 and, and 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 the thing that you were the only race of people hmm. that were you're the only race of people that that would accept a God that didn't look like you. Hmm. And that is what Savior's Day is all about, even for people that can't understand it or reject it. it it's fine to reject it. It's it's fine. Um, there's a bigger message in it that you should not reject no matter how you feel about the nation how you feel about a savior or how you feel about anything we want you to understand the trajectory of black power thinking and it's not as simple and easy as the arguments that we have amongst one another um there had to be a malcolm breaking away from the nation there had to be a Khalid breaking away from the nation. There had to be a Silas uh, breaking away from the nation. There had to be a Warufuddin Muhammad breaking away from the nation. And it's more complex than your side. It's more complex than our politics. It's more complex than anything that we can imagine. But the one thing that we do know is that we can be master of our own fate. And we are at the 25-minute mark in DF and Universe. This show is over, brother. But we can come back <laughs> at 4.31 a.m. We can come back for a bonus round. We can tie this all into black leadership. Okay, so, so let me end by saying... Yes, sir. Not only can we be... Um, I think you were talking about um, masters of our faith, mm -hmm. but we can be captains of our soul. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. not only um, they were great people like Malcolm X that left the nation, um, uh, also um, Father Law, Clarence 13X. Mm -hmm. um, but then we also had Brother Douglas. <laughs> to lead the nation of Islam, and let's and let's see where his Dr. greatness takes us. <laughs> For that, indeed, indeed, and let's see where our greatness takes us. Yes, sir. It, it it they haven't put a period on our lives yet. Absolutely, there's more to come, brother. Uh, we've got opposition ahead of us, but um, it is all a part of it. Indeed. Um, we wanted to talk about uh, women's suffrage in the 1920s. Okay. And um, try to wrap this up when we come back. Okay. And we'll be right back after these messages. Okay. Peace to the universe. I get paid when my record is played, to put it short. I got it made. I got it made. I got it made. And we are back in DFN Universe for a bonus round. It is 4.38 a.m. 
What's the date, brother? Well, I tell you what the date is. The date it's is Saturday, March sixth. Yep. Twenty twenty one. And you have not given uh credence to the passing <laughs> of brother uh Vernon Jordan. Right. <clears throat> I meant to see if he's related to me, brother. Who's actually my um uh uh Friend and fraternity brother. Get out of here. Wow. He, he is a member of Omega Sapphire Fraternity Incorporated. My condolences to the universe for this brother. I saw it on the news the last two days, right? Yep. The great brother. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> I remember reading this book a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um Phenomenal brother, man. I mean, a great um, uh, person as it relates to his life and his contributions to the civil rights uh, civil rights struggle. Just an amazing life. Um, mm. Just, just, um, just amazing, man. That you know, some of these people that come into this world um, and the contributions that they live. And that they give to the world is 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 just a, astonishing. Yes, sir. Um, and he was definitely one of those one one of those lives. Um, just just an amazing brother. Mm. <clears throat> he will be missed. Yeah, yeah, uh, and definitely um, did not want his um, acknowledgments in his life to not be mentioned tonight. Hmm. Yes, sir. Indeed. The um. Any other significant um things happening? <clears throat> well, he was definitely just someone I wanted to make mention of. Uh, you know, in this crazy world that we live, there's always something happening. But um, his was definitely of significance that we did not want to. Um, not mention or not make not recognize doing right. our podcast, right? Um, on this theme of um, uh, women's month, um, and part of uh, history, there was the state of Wyoming that was the first state. Even before there was an amendment to the uh, Constitution that allowed uh, women to vote in that state as early as um, 1860s. Late 1850s, um, early 1860s, they already had white women that owned property, (laughs) had the right to vote in the state of Wyoming. Um, it would take another hundred years um, before um, women um, had a movement um, that would bring them the right to vote in the 1920s and black women the right to vote with the civil rights. They participated in the civil rights in the 1960s um, 
some would even say uh, more so than the men, which is probably why you came to that conclusion that there had to be more black women with a college degree because it, it seems like they were out front in our civil rights struggles, like Fannie Lou Hamer, Rosa Parks, um, <clears throat> Ida B. Black, Wells, right. Nanny Helleborough, Shirley Chisholm, all of these uh, black women that were willing to put their lives on the line, their reputations on the line, to make sure that we had the not only the right to vote, but our civil rights were not being violated, and our human rights were being addressed in a country that was based on a racial system. Good, right, or indifferent, whether it was a racial system for morality is irrelevant. What is important is that we had our rights respected. When you say our rights respected, who who are you representing? Black people. Okay. Okay. Because um, there was a separation between uh, white rights or privileged rights or uh, that one percent right compared to all other people. And I think tonight's discussion was about the historical perspective leading up to today and why I can say there's nothing new under the sun. These same struggles that we were having now at 4.44 a.m. were also struggles that we're, we're having at different historical times. But the basis of those struggles had to be that we were the last to get those rights. And that is how it was. It's no judgment. It's more of Here's a history lesson of what you're fighting for. You're going to take different sides on it, but um, here's what led up to it. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I, I agree. I think that, um, unfortunately, um, we as Black men... um, and and I hold myself accountable in that. Yes, sir. You know, I I did not um, understand the struggle of um, women's liberation, of women's struggle. Yes, sir. Um, I just I, I I just did not understand that because I think that for me in my head, you know, I always saw black women's liberation or black women's struggle as the black man struggle. Mm. And 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 it was difficult for me to separate the two. Right. And I think in part of me thinking like that, that made me a sexist. Yes, sir. And that struggle continues today for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Not being able because, to make that separation. Yeah. And and I and I think um in fairness to women that we have to do that. Right. And, and but 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 I will say that I while I 
do understand that I do still struggle with black women call themselves feminists mm-hmm. because I don't, I still don't make the connection in the way that I understand feminism um, in the way that it started mm-hmm. um, and the way that they might be connecting it now. Mm. And so I will admit my um, ignorance mm. um, in terms of if there is a connection because I don't know that there is. But what I do know is I, I know that Black men and Black women have struggled historically together. But if there is a connection now with the white feminist movement and the Black feminist movement, or if there is such a thing as a Black feminist movement, or if the Black women, and this is my biggest struggle, do they connect themselves with the white feminist movement? Hmm. Because the white feminist movement started, if I am 100% correct, with uh, World War II and white men going off the war and white women going into the um, again the industrial uh, movement and going into the, the the work world and the work environment and them taking jobs and then um, white men coming home from World War II and not having jobs because white women had had taken those jobs and white women not wanting to give those jobs up and then they started to burn their bras in the street and that was not applicable to black women at all. Mm. Nor was the World War One um, onset of um, white women, nineteen nineteen, uh, that was brought the catalyst of the nineteen twenties women's movement to um, for white women, which some black women participated in, but still didn't get the right to vote until the nineteen sixties Civil Rights Act. Um, but black women in the nineteen twenties. Participated in women's suffrage or the right to vote, women's right to vote, but it was still only for the white majority, not the um, black um, immigrants, especially in the South where voting uh, took on all of these um, what are the the poll tax, the literacy. Um, test to see if you could vote all of those things were still very prevalent in the south in the 1920s even um, up until the 1960s and 1970s even after the civil rights act so even though laws were enacted to protect black rights they still had to get beyond the states because those were federal laws and a federal constitution that had the right things in mind but hard to pass in the states. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And we're still fighting for certain rights in certain states to this very day. Um... Old laws are still on the books. And that's in northern states and southern states. Old laws still on the books. I I, I don't even know if we have passed the anti-lynching law. Right. I don't don't even know if that's on the books as of yet. They just bought another um, 
bill to Congress for uh, they just passed another bill in Congress that um, police could not um, choke holes were illegal. But remember, um, who was it? Um, remember, we fought for this with uh, Reverend Al Sharpton and they banned um, police chokeholds in New York. Remember, the police had batons. And that was the reason why no batons, after they killed this black man with a baton, choked him to death with a baton, um, police of NYPD were barred from using chokeholds to subdue any suspect. And it seems like we had to fight, but this is on a federal level, this new law that just passed. But it shouldn't be that we have to keep having the same fights for rights that should be natural. Yeah, I, I think we started this podcast off talking about the 14th Amendment right? and, and arguing. Um, well, not you and I arguing, but the argument um, about due process and citizenship mm-hmm. and, and, and arguing or the courts arguing whether or not um, due process and citizenship all the way from the 1800s all the way up to mm-hmm. now to 2021 it's still an argument. Mm-hmm. I think that, that I think that in and of itself is a, is a major problem. I think that um for me, I, I think um, that there's some realization that needs to take place. And I think part of that realization that needs to take place is that America is not, um, they call it the United States of America, but it's probably one of the most ununited hmm. places that you could ever probably live. Hmm. Especially um, if you're not the 1%. But even if you are, even even if you are, you you are still divided amongst everybody else. Of course, it's not that easy. It's complicated, right? Right. Because and and, and, I, and are, I, even white people are going to fight over who is the one percent. <laughs> but 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 even if you get down from the one percent to the poorest percent, right. I I I think that what was able to be convinced to them to the poorest percent is that if I can convince the poorest white people that they are better right. than the best of black right. people. They did that during the Civil War. They did that during the um, the the Revolutionary War. They did that yeah. through um, the War of 1812, the First World War. They could prove to people that the elite should not fight in these wars but that if you wanted to fill that same status quo, that you could do it by fighting in these wars for us. And so not only black people volunteered on both sides of the Civil War, but we were some of the most stellar performances of wartime veterans in the Korean War, the Vietnam War, World War One, World War II. No, World War Two more more so than World War One. As black people, we were excellent soldiers. 
and it it's just something that we have to realize in in perspective rather than saying that there's a particular side that one needs to be on at least that's my thinking on it if we're going to move forward into some type of leadership and that's what I wanted to talk about this last four minutes left um, but we had things that we had to cover like Vernon Jordan like women's suffrage and right to vote and I wanted to bring it back to our conversation that we had at the end of the last segment. And how did we get to, it's a rhetorical question. I think we answered it. But um, how we got to the point where there would be a search for black messiahs or in Savior's Day talk, black saviors. Even uh, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad talked about save yours with an S, plural. And how do we get to that point where we need them? And I think part of our discussion tonight shows how complex this problem is and how we need more than one savior. Well, um, I, I think very succinctly. Um, I don't know that we've ever um, been in a place where we needed one thing. Mm. There you go. And so when people talk about, oh, you killed this person, you killed that person, and that if this person was still alive, we would be able to do this. But no accountability on their part so their own culpability in the lack of power. Yeah, so I, I, it, it, I, I mean, and honestly, I think that the error is that when we think that we only need one, one savior, mm. I think that black people have always needed more than one savior. I think that there's always been more than mm. one savior. You know, if we go back to Nat Turner, Mark B.C., Denmark, um, uh, if, if we go back historically, um, there have always been more than one black hmm. savior, or there's always been more than one savior. And period. One, in one terms black of, train of and, thought, more than one. There's always been. If we go back to Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman, hmm. Sojourner Truth, you know, there's always been more than one black savior or there's always been more than one savior period so I, I, I think we lose focus and, and, and when we and I think that's where we go wrong in terms of black folk is when we're looking for one one savior mm. I, I, I don't think that I, if God is the creator of the planet earth he saw that man would be lonely so he created a mm. woman there was not ever a time when there was ever supposed to be one of us. There was always supposed to be more than one of us. And and him understanding that man would be lonely. And so he created a woman. Hmm. He also understood that man would be lonely in creating more than one family. Hmm. 
And so friendship became essential to the soul. All walks of life. And that's what we talk about in my fraternity. Mm. And and so we say in my fraternity, friendship is essential to the soul Mm. because we understand that friendship in the way that we live our life is essential to the soul because you don't, a wise man sees a fire at his neighbor's house and helps to set to 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 prevent the fire at his neighbor's house from getting to his house so that the fire doesn't come to his house i'm saying in terms of friendship and what we say in omega sapphire fraternity incorporated friendship is essential to the soul is that we understand that friendship friendship is how we build Friendship is how we grow. You don't, there, there, there's no farmer that farms alone. Hmm. There's no, there's no king dumb that kings alone. He has hmm. friends. He has friendships. Hmm. Yes, sir. When you look at that, when you look at the animal kingdom, there's no, there, there, there's friendships, hmm. you know, among the animal right. kingdom. Got to work so, together to survive. We got to work together, and 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 that's why we are people. Mm. Yeah, I would. And 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 in us being people, we should understand the essence of us being able to mm. work together. And I would say to our black sisters, we don't want to trample on your empowerment, but um, don't negate the fact that we are here and I see so much of black feminism um, reduced to accusations against black men. Now, they're definitely found grounded in truth and reality and that's something that we have to work on. But don't just beat down black men to rise above to your empowerment. Indeed. And, by, and vice versa. Right. With, with, with black men. Um, don't beat sisters mm. now. Because, I mean, we're in this mm. together. You know, we we didn't get here overnight, and we didn't get here by yeah. ourselves. We've been in, we've been in this struggle uh, for a while, and we've been in this struggle together. And I think we can get through it together, but we have to get to a point of understanding and accepting responsibility where responsibility mm-hmm. lies. And what's ironically a part of um, be black women sometimes beating down black men is black um, empowerment of women also beating down their own sisters for not wanting to engage or be a part of leadership it's not it's not for everybody it's not um, something that every man or black woman or man wants to be engaged in some people just want to have a beer 
and that should be fine. It it shouldn't come to a spiritual judgment of a person for wanting to have a drink or wanting to do something else besides black power thinking. Or right. doing both. There you go. So, you know, I mean, Martin Luther King hmm. smoked cigarettes. Barack Obama hmm. smoked cigarettes. You know, it, it doesn't mean because you do one thing, you right. can't do another. You know, Thurgood Marshall was known for entertaining, you know, a mm. great drink, you know, and a cigar mm. or a smoke. So it doesn't mean I, the, the extreme is where we right. have a problem, right? The extreme is, you know, I'm only going to do right. one thing. I'm only going to be this way. And, I, you know, it has to be this way. Look at the number of black men that have multiple baby mothers. And we judge Elijah Muhammad for having multiple baby mothers, but they weren't underage and they weren't starving. They are still with the the leadership of that family to this day. And they see some type of power in that. Well, I, I honestly, I, I really hate to entertain those arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, for religious people, and and why and why I say that because religious people that approach me, or that have approached me, or that are willing mm. to approach me, um, particularly if they mm. are Christians, I I, you know, want to <laughs> know how they are mm. Christian and you know believe in the story mm. of David, you know, or believe in the story of. Um, of 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 of, hmm. of Moses, or be, or believe in the story. We ain't got to go back that far. <laughs> what about your two baby mothers? <laughs> you know, you, you know, but, but but I'm just saying. I mean, historically or biblically, you know, you, you start talking about these great people, these hmm. great prophets, and you know, and 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 um, you you know um uh. Who wasn't able to have mm-hmm. a baby, and then Sarah, you know, the the the, the maid servant had a baby by him, and then it, it's just all mm-hmm. this stuff that you can accept from this person, but you, mm-hmm. you know, you can't accept it from this person, or you can't accept it from a friend, you know, who had a baby out outside mm-hmm. of wedlock. I I just it, it's just hard for me to, you know, to dialogue, right. get in conversation right. with people like that. And I, I want people to think about black leadership in new new terminology, new paradigm, um, a shared empowerment, male and female, black male and black female. You got to work together. And you're going to have differences, but you can exploit those differences or you can show the commonality and common causes that we need to focus on. Indeed. Well, brother, it's the 28-minute mark. We've got two minutes left. We'll go to 30 minutes. Any last comments? 
No, bro. Um, I just want to make sure that we have summed up what we attempted to to do, you know, with tonight's segment, um, particularly as it relates to giving uh, justice to, uh, you know, uh, women's suffrage. I, I think that um, I don't know that we can give enough, you know, as as just mm-hmm. as men, um, to try to sit in in a woman's shoe. Or you know, or women's situation, and and I know just by being a father mm. and a husband that that um, it's a very humbling situation, man. They, um, I, I think sometimes you know we take things for granted as men. I know that we take things for mm. granted as men, um, as relates to women and 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 their suffers and the things that they go through. Um, I mean, simple things is trying mm. to buy a car. And, and, and the car salesman, okay. yeah, you know, are going to get their oil changed, you know, are going mm. to get their car serviced, you know, just, just, you know, those are things that, that we as men probably take as, you know, take for granted. Advantage. And I realize yeah. now that we do, yeah, that, that we do take those things for granted. So, um, you know, I, I, you know, and, and again, being a husband and being a father of a daughter, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's humbling, you know, to, to understand that and to accept that, you know, just like it's, it's humbling for white America to understand the struggles that black right. people go through, you know, Great. because right, they right, just right. sometimes they take Great. it for granted. Analogy. Yeah. yeah. You know. So, um, so yeah, bro. I just want to make sure that um, the listening audience, audience that's listening, um, in terms of you know two men trying to address a particular issue as it relates to women's suffrage, that we could try to try to attempt to get there. Not yeah. that we got there, but right. we can attempt to to get to, to where um, we can try to empathize and sympathize, um, you know, women's suffrage. Um, particularly black women suffering yes, in America. Um, but we just want to say that, you know, two brothers having a conversation, hey, we empathize, mm-hmm. we're there. And we we want to let you sisters know that, um, you know, that while we might not understand 100%, we want to humbly right. say that we don't. But we want to also say that, and that we're we willing trying. to learn. And that, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we're humble enough to, to, to yes, try sir. to learn. And uh, this is not a show for popularity. (laughs) So things you heard tonight may not be that interesting to you. But this is not about interest or entertainment. This is about Black power thinking. And just thinking in general. Being thoughtful to people. And we hope that you will be nice to one another till tomorrow night. We plan to take over the world. Inshallah. We'll see you again tomorrow, brother. Enjoy the rest of your night. And hopefully, by the grace of God, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Peace to the...